0: Welcome into the Pro Football Radio Podcast. We are at episode number 12. This is your co host here, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Juan de Puma.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Far too kind. And hang on. We got to do that introduction one more time of Puncho de Puma. So is poncho sticking or what, man? I got of dude, it has a nice ring. Yeah? It really does. All right, all right. Well, I mean,
0: I don't know if it's gonna stick just yet. Um, I guess we can try it out for a couple more weeks, but.
1: I mean, any excuse for me to use the slide, the, the echo <laughs> on this microphone is fine by me. Absolutely. So I'll take the uh, ready to rumble yeah. intro. Yeah.
0: But glad to be back, man. We had a week off. You were away doing your thing, right? Uh, it was I was up in the sitting there, itching, ready to like say some stuff to somebody, but nobody was there.
1: I was up in the boonies, man, and it was it was a good time. We went out for uh, for my boy Mike. Uh, he's getting hitched Memorial Day weekend, so we went out and uh, went to this cabin. Uh, one of the groomsmen, Aaron, uh, he's got this little property. And it's perfect, you know, away from society, pretty much, and just went out and. Shot shit. Yeah. Shot everything from a twenty-two rifle to like an AR-15 and everything in between. And it, it was a blast. Shooting stuff, drinking. Granted, we weren't drinking while we were shooting. We are being super gun conscious. I don't believe that one bit. No, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> no. No bullshit. Like, if you you know, there were a couple other rookies up there besides myself. And if you were looking to see if, say, the gun was jammed or whatever, and you didn't have the gun pointed down range, yeah. and like your finger was near the trigger, like you were getting dog. Yeah. So they weren't messing around at all. And I, I applaud them because a couple of times I'm like, yeah, there's enough stuff to kill people over here like three times over. <laughs> so no, it was, it was a great time. Yeah. And you you held down the fort with breaking some news on the IG. So. I know.
0: I know. I was like, you know what? Let me. uh First of all, you're so quick with the IG breaking news stuff. I don't even try anymore. I'm like, you know, this kid's going to throw it up there before I even do. What's the point of me trying, right?
1: <laughs> hey, I mean, that was a great photo of Demarcus Lawrence, yeah. if I say so myself. Yeah, so. Yeah.
0: But no, it's a uh, glad to have your back, man. Uh It's uh, spring. It's beautiful out. I'm loving Dude, it's, life. It's gorgeous. 71 it's degrees. Like, it's you know? 72 right now. Dude, uh, so far, today's been great. I woke up. I had my bowl of cereal, right?
1: Right. Wait, wait. What? What cereal? Uh,
0: right now, I am on a kick of uh, fruity pebbles. Uh,
1: you gotta go cinnamon toast crunch. Well, oh, that's friend. my
0: favorite, right? So okay. let me give you some background. Uh, when I had my knee surgery, oh. um, my good friend Sarah O came over to kind of like help me through the 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 whole knee surgery and afterwards. True friend of the podcast. A great friend of the podcast. And uh, she went and did some grocery shopping for me. And I haven't had cereal in like probably like a year or so, right? And before that, maybe like two years. So like. I, I didn't realize cereal was that good. And I kinda got reintroduced to the cereal right. <laughs> cereal game, right. right? And ever since then I've just been going through cereal. I've been going through she bought Fosted Flakes and I went and I bought some Fruit Loops. I went and bought some Cinnamon toast crunch and then I went and bought some fruity pebbles and I'm just like eating fucking cereal at all times of the day. Like breakfast, you know, fucking like <laughs> lunch, dinner. Why not? Dude, middle of the night, me, some it's the fruity snack. pebbles, fucking it's just like a serial sex party in my fucking life. You
1: know? I mean, I wouldn't go that far, chief, but <laughs> no, like the best. I mean, I'm a, I'm a cinnamon toast crunch mark myself, but the best is Fruit Loops, but like the milk at the bottom, like what's left over. Oh yeah. I don't know about you. Like I drink the milk with whatever's left in the bottom of the bowl and the Fruit Loops to me, like that whole thing. It tastes so good. At one time I was at a bar and I think it's three olives. They make, um, loopy. Which is vodka that tastes like the bottom of a cereal bowl with Fruit Loops. Oh, and wow. it, dude, it is, it is almost the same thing. Like, wow. I mean, I'm not a so, vodka guy, but I could drink that if, if, you know, push came to shove.
0: So the one, uh, the one thing I want to say about milk is,
1: um, uh, here we go. I've
0: been drinking coconut slash almond slash soy milk for the last like three years, you know, <laughs> dude. any anytime I have regular milk. I I like get clogged up. I get like stuffy. It just gets all kinds of crazy, and uh, I made the mistake of buying regular whole milk because for some reason. Oh, the,
1: you, you didn't get two percent.
0: I didn't get two oh, percent. I didn't man. get. I didn't get skim. I I, I I went to go buy reg. I went to go buy almond milk, but like the the, the cartons. Well, before, but, well, there's like a new brand that the cartons all look alike now. Right. And I just quickly picked up whole milk. Got home and I um. And I started uh, eating some with uh, with my cereal. And I didn't realize just how thick whole milk is. Whole milk is like, it's like cream almost, man. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, this is like a treat. I, I got to go back to drinking whole
1: milk, man. It's
0: simply, it's, it's like, it's like almost like custard, you know? Oh,
1: Christ. Oh, the comments that could be said. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yo. But I've, uh, I've
0: uh, yeah, so it's just been, it's been nice, man. Me and Cyril just sex party <laughs> in the middle of the night. Friday night, just <laughs> sex party orgy. Thick <laughs> custard-like
1: <laughs> milk. That That's, doesn't sound like rabbit cereal, there, Chief. <laughs> so, <laughs> how do you follow that up? <laughs> Jesus. How, well, this is how we follow it
0: up. I uh, I am super hyped. You know why? Why is that? Tomorrow night is the premiere of the final season of Game of Thrones. Oh Christ, dude, dude, you gotta get on the bandwagon, bro. I know, I know you go against everything that is hip and pop culture-ish. If you, if you don't, if you don't discover first, then
1: you immediately hate it. No, it's not even that. Oh, come on, Brandon. I've known you for long enough. No, like I've watched, I watched maybe like the first two, three episodes of, of Game of Thrones because I don't have HBO at the house. So when I go to my parents one time, I, you know, had a little sauce and, Decided to see what was on demand. was like, oh, we'll see what the Game of Thrones is about. And I don't know, man. Like, I just, I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I, it was just maybe I needed. Maybe it's like the first like twenty pages in like a book where yeah, you like get if you it. get through like the get first twenty pages, yeah. like it's worth it. But get to it. me, like I just, I couldn't, I couldn't. And then like the whole fact that like one guy is like bonking it, like like his sister. Oh yeah, Cersei Lannister. Some something like yeah. that. Like yeah. the sh- the shame. Yeah, yeah. Shame. Well, Cersei
0: Lannister is my favorite character. In that show. Dude, I love her win-at-all-cost mentality. She's an yeah, I absolute got vibe psycho- that she didn't care. Oh, dude, she's the absolute psychopath. And people love, like, Jon Snow and Khaleesi. And everybody will have their own favorite, um, you know, people in that show. But mine is Cersei. And when I tell people that, they judge me. They judge me because I like the villain. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to say hello to the bad guy. Uh, dude, she's a fucking animal, bro. So, But because of that, because of that coming out tomorrow night... I wanted to kick the podcast off with a game. The game is, is it a real city or a Game of Thrones city? Oh boy. Right? So it's very simple. I'm going to give you a real city on planet Earth. Uh-huh. And I'm going to give you a Game of Thrones city. And you figure out which one is real.
1: Great. You ready for this? It seems Hopefully, simple this enough. can like,
0: bring you into the fold a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, bring you into the fold, but we'll see. Uh, okay.
0: Gobbler's Knock. I'm sorry, Gobbler's Knob. Or King's Landing. Which is the real city?
1: King's Landing is the real city. No. Really? King's
0: Landing. Really? It's a Game of Thrones city. Holy shit. Am I starting
1: off as one? And one. Gobbler's
0: Knob is in Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs> really? Yep, yep. Is it in like Amish country? Dude, I, it has it's, to be somewhere where there's a bunch of, near,
0: I assume it's a bunch of turkeys out there. It's
1: gotta be in Lancaster County, bro. Dude, Gobbler's
0: Knob, <laughs> Gobble, Gobble.
1: I mean, that sounds like a, a, a browser's video, but <laughs> that's beside the point.
0: All right. Okay. Okay. Ready for the number one? Yeah. Helltown. Or Iron Islands.
1: Which is a real city. Which is a real city. Christ. I mean, all bets are off at this point. I'm going to go Helltown. It's like a city? Hell's Kitchen in New York. So I'll go Helltown is the real city.
0: Helltown is the real city, yes. Oh, it's God in God. Norway. And Iron Islands is home of the Greyjoys. The what Greyjoys the are like they... uh. So, all these cities, by the way, they have, like, a meaning behind it for Game of Thrones. Right. Um, like, King's Landing is where the Lannisters hang out, right? The um, Lannisters are our family. By the way, uh, Game of Thrones, like, inside, there's a bunch of families that just hate each other.
1: <laughs> uh, clearly, it sounds that way.
0: <laughs> right? And uh, Iron Islands is, like, where the Greyjoys hang out. The Greyjoys are, their expertise is, um, like, naval stuff. They have oh. a lot of ships. They have armadas, fleets like that. Got it. All right. Um, middle fart or Marine.
1: Which is the real city? Mm-hmm. See, if I see. I feel like if I use logic, I'm just going to lose every time. So I'm going to go Middle Fart as the real city.
0: You are correct. Oh my God, <laughs> Middle Fart Denmark.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. Are you for real? Like, like you're I'm probably, not real. You know, messing I, I, with me?
0: Like I swear, you can Google all these places. Middle fart Denmark. Middle Denmark. Fort Denmark. It's a real place. Jesus. And Marine. It's a place where, uh, Daenerys, or Khaleesi, right? Um, she kind of like took over that town for this a, a bit. This is the Blonde Chick, right? Yeah, the Blonde Chick that has three dragons. Right. Well, two now, but.
1: But like, Marine doesn't build boats? What's up? Marine doesn't have like boats and shit. Like, so out of Marine, all.
0: Marine is just, a. it's just a city. I, I don't know. I, that, that part of the, the show, I kind of like blacked out a little bit. <laughs> you know Fair enough. I, I don't know what the, uh, actual, like, porn submarine is, but I guess she just came over, she took over, she like, kind of
1: like... Was she sent over as like an offering? I, I seem to remember that part. That's
0: like season one, yeah, man. Season one, she was kind of like giving away almost. Right. Yeah. And
1: then next thing you know, she's yeah. boinking Drago and yeah, 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 yeah. all and that other she, nonsense. She comes, okay, all right, I got you, I got you. Um,
0: <laughs> okay, uh, Old Town or Pee-Pee Township? pee PP Pee-Pee Township. As or- in like... Pp as in like urinate Township, as in PpT. I'm gonna go. Stack old Town,
1: town is the real city.
0: That's a Game of Thrones city. Really? <laughs> Pp Township is in Ohio. <laughs> really? Yep. Where yep. the hell is Pp Township? It's in Ohio. Well, we're in Ohio. Ohio's uh, I big, Jay. I don't know, but somewhere in Ohio.
1: <laughs> but, why does it feel like it's... That, that sounds like it's a border town between, like, Ohio and Pennsylvania. Yeah.
0: Uh, PP uh, town? We'll look I it don't up after, after the show. Um, but Old Town is where... Um, it's the house of the Citadel. And the Citadel is where all the scholars hang out. It's like the smart city. It's like, uh, you know, you go there, you get your you get your All education. the intellectuals are there. Yeah, yeah. All the Got intellectuals it. are
1: there. Christ. All right. So, don't use logic, Puma. <clears throat>
0: well, you never know, man. Um... Bravos or intercourse?
1: Which one doesn't make the most amount of sense? Um, Bravos or intercourse? <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bravos. It's a real city. Nope. Jesus. <laughs>
0: intercourse, Pennsylvania is a real place. <laughs> it was actually on. Uh, uh, Grand Tour or Top Gear? One of those shows. I forget which one it is, but Jeremy Clarkson, and Richard May.
1: Oh, I could see Jeremy Clark having a, <laughs> oh, a blast with that hilarious. name.
0: Speaking of which, they uh, they're they're changing up Grand Tour. Um, they had. Their last show last night on Amazon, it came out yeah. um, with the tent and the show as we know it where there's an actual, like, audience and, like, right. they actually got emotional. After 17 years, the the show is radically changing where there's not going to be an audience anymore. It's just going to be a lot of, like, big specials that go out and do, like, um, well, travel the world. That's
1: BS. Okay. Yeah.
0: No, actually, I, I think it's smart. I think I hated all those parts where there was, like, audience and, like, celebrities fucking chiming in for no reason. I, I want to see them go out there and fuck shit up.
1: Okay. <laughs> there we go. There we go.
0: All right, um,
1: where we at? Where are we at? So, uh, Bravos
0: was uh, the wealthiest city in Game of Thrones. Bravos. Bravos. That's where all the banks are located. They control everything. You know? Oh,
1: sweet. So, Wall Street. Uh, basically, yeah. Got it.
0: Uh, River Run or Rabbit Hash? <laughs> River Run? Finally, is, is a real city? Yeah. That's a Game of Thrones city.
1: What the hell? Oh <laughs> which my is, God. Which is where
0: House Tully presides, which is another family. And uh, Robert Hatch is in Kentucky. Did <laughs> you believe some of these names, Christ. bro? You for real? I'm for
1: real. <laughs> right? Right. And to think the writer of Game of Thrones came out and was, uh, you know, blasting the OBJ trade. Right. Go was he really? A, oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Right. What Dude, are you he, he did a blog being like, wow. Are football? Yeah, uh, d- dude, like you could just Google it, like uh, Game of Thrones writer OBJ trade, and oh, really? he did like a whole blog post about it.
0: I assume he's probably a Giants fan,
1: if he's of that course. He oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the ti- I can't remember the title of the blog post, yeah. but I do know that it just seemed he was a dot in the wall, you know, Giant fan. So, yeah. Yeah. Jesus, nice. I'm, I'm doing penance for my stance on get Dave Gettleman. <laughs> All right, here we go. What's next?
0: All right, last one. Ready for this? Ooh. Um, Fork of Salmon or Winterfell?
1: Fort of Salmon is a real city. Yes. Winterfell, yes. I remember that. Yes. I remember that ah. name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Forks of Salmon is in California. Winterfell is where, uh, is where house of Stark resides. It's Jesus where Jon Snow, um, Robert Stark, all these guys You Ned know what
1: I was just there? I was the Chris Davis of the Game of Thrones knowledge. Who's Chris Davis? So he's a, uh, I want to say he's a first baseman or DH for the Baltimore Orioles. Long story short, up until recording today, he was 0 for 52 since last season. So he didn't get a base hit. For, uh, you know, 52 at-bats, essentially, up until today.
0: How much money is he making?
1: Uh He's one of the highest paid people on the Baltimore Orioles roster. And it's
0: fully guaranteed?
1: Uh, baseball's fully guaranteed. So it's one of the worst signings, in my opinion, in baseball history. And he just went 0 for 52. They were, they were on the road in Boston. They were playing in Fenway. He got a hit, and essentially both the Red Sox the Red Sox fans, and his own teammates gave him a standing ovation. Oh, my God. And he asked for the ball. He asked for the ball.
0: That's so fucked up. That's
1: bad. Wow. But, you know, you, I mean, I guess you can applaud like he's got a little sense of humor about it. Sure. But that's just insane. Like, you're 0 for 52. You want the highest paid people on that roster. So, And that's what I was with Game of Thrones. Mm. So... Mm.
0: Yeah, man, um, dude, I tell you what, uh, this—that's all I have for the for the cities. But I tell you what, I'm super excited, man. There's there's so much hype around this thing, man. Like I was telling you earlier, um, like I've seen big events for like movies, right? But this is like a global event for a show. Like I'm talking like AT and T, Mountain Dew, like Oreos. Anywhere you look, there's sponsorships on their products with Game of Thrones, right? On top of that, like um, the country of Ireland had an Instagram post, uh, and I can send it to you, where they were saying this is where Game of Thrones is is shot come visit us like that's that's the magnitude we're at where it's a global event so I'm right. super excited
1: dude yeah well more power to you
0: and my, and my and my like listen like everybody thinks it's uh it's gonna be Jon Snow Snow's gonna win it all right so who, the whole premise is who's gonna come out on top and win the Iron Throne right and it's easy to say Khaleesi or Jon Snow's gonna come out on top but if I had to guess it's gonna be somebody we don't we don't expect they are going to throw us for a loop you know what i'm saying you and know. and i'm saying it now I, I first of all first of all i want cersei lannister to win i want the fucking badass that I'm she is to come the, out on top
1: the iron throne is what rules everything yeah yeah
0: the iron throne is if you sit on the iron throne you control it all you know what i'm saying right um but if i had to guess i think um what's his name uh tyrion lannister is going to come out on top he's like the short midget got
1: it you know what i'm saying so, you know what that sounds like? What's up? The NFL draft. That's like less than two weeks <laughs> know, away. Right. That's what it sounds like. So, who, who is going to sit on the iron throne of the right. NFL? In the 2019 NFL draft. You know
0: what I've been working on? What? I've been working on my Vince, my Vince McMahon deep growl. <laughs> oh, Christ. I've been working on it just cause like I want, uh, I want to like sound like him, you know? I just, I just love how like intense he gets. And uh, I I I, re- I was doing it like a week ago, and after I was done practicing for like five minutes, I felt like I had th- throat cancer. It was that like intense in my. Or just
1: smoked like three cards of Virginia Slams, <laughs> and you'll get that. <laughs> Can we hear a growl? Can we get a growl before we get to the news? Oh the uh, the Vince, uh, uh, you, you, you're you,
0: fired.
1: <laughs> Poncho Chima, you're
0: fired. There we go. That's where it's at. Yeah. Let's get some football, man. We are a pro football <laughs> podcast.
1: Jesus. I mean, where, where do we start, Jay? Oh, my God. We're going to
0: Pittsburgh or we go going to Green Bay? Jesus Christ. doesn't matter at this point. It's I mean, all just Prima Donna's everywhere. I don't know. Oh, my God.
1: I mean, what do you, what do you want to go with? The low hanging fruit? We can go with AB. Let's
0: mm. with AB because that got me more pissed off than the whole interrogation. Right.
1: Thing. I mean, where, where do we start? I mean, AB, believe it was Monday or Tuesday, he came out with an Instagram post showing a, a DM that Juju Smith-Schuster sent him, and I believe 2015, when he was on the USC Trojans yep. in college, yep. essentially asking for advice to improve his game. Uh, he thought AB was uh, essentially like a stand-up person in the community, and he figured that AB could provide some guidance to this young wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And everybody on Twitter Said that AB looks like a complete dumbass. Stupid. And like,
0: so stupid. So
1: stupid. It makes it puts Juju over in mm-hmm. the court of public opinion, yep. and like that whole post almost makes like Ben Roethlisberger look a little justified in some of his things. Like he put the entire Pittsburgh Steelers organization over the court of public opinion. Mm-hmm. Like if I was AB, if I wanted to drag Juju through the mud, I would find anything. Anything besides a complimentary DM post that a college he's me? I-,
0: I thought about this for for quite a bit of time. He's delusional, right? He's devoid of reality. And here's here's my take on it. Antonio Brown is is not a good teammate. Simply put, he's not right. It's uh it's starting to dawn on me that he's all about himself. AB is about AB, right? Right. Um. I used to be on his side. I used to say, you know what, let's look at, let's look at Tom and uh, he, I'm sure he. Likewise. We,
1: we've been Uh, well documented saying Um,
0: that. Oh, look at, look at Big Ben on radio talking shit about AB. Right. But dude, you are making yourself look so bad, so bad, especially when Juju, right? Yeah, sure. He, so you blasted him for fumbling the, for fumbling a season away when he was in, in New Orleans. Right. And he fumbled and he came out the next day saying, it's all on me. Juju took full responsibility. Right. He owned it. But now you're kicking a man while he's down, like in his worst moment as a pro, you're bringing that up as like something against him, even though he's like, you know, said, it is my fault. I'll get better. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that aspect right there shows me he is a shitty teammate
1: well the fucked up thing is too is before he came out with that whole like the first salvo against juju he put a post up on twitter saying leave your emotions off social media yep. right and then there's one fan sends him a screenshot of juju winning the the uh, the steelers team mvp award and then apparently that set ab off the rails it's like okay, like you're saying, keep your emotions off the internet. But the the one time a fan sends like a screenshot of Juju winning the team MVP, like that that that's what gets you unhinged.
0: And it's something that I think it's because we like Juju. He's a young kid from from what we understand. He hasn't done anything stupid. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's right. just asking for advice when he was younger at USC. He uh, the story that I love the most is he went out. And laid out Vontez Perfect in retaliation right. for what Vontez did to AB a year before that. Yep. and that just shows you that he will stick up for you, and then you turn around and say say what you said about it, Juju. Like it's just stupid, right? right? And at and least my point that and Juju
1: was genuinely happy that AB got yeah, a new contract. Yeah, yeah, dude,
0: he was genuinely happy, and it's just that Brown is just so unhinged and just devoid of reality. That he can't seem to remember that Juju stuck up for him at one point, right? So um he's just not a good teammate. Bro. Do you
1: think this is almost AB? Like, if you think of it in like terms of a relationship, like you know, you broke up with someone and like, but you're that guy that just doesn't. I want don't have Never
0: been through a breakup.
1: I mean, okay, <laughs> never fine. Been a relationship. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, you would have thought that AB wasn't signed. He was a free agent. He was pissed off that the Steelers didn't bring him back. Antonio Brown one he got a new contract yeah, with the dude. Oakland Raiders move on and he is life. carrying on. Move on he's carrying on like he's still on the team and like whatever that team does to move on from him like he's gonna be pissed off about it like he at, at some point if you're a teammate in that Oakland Raiders locker room you have to start questioning do dude, you even want to be dude, here
0: good luck
1: John Gruden It's not even that, like there's so, like there's John Gruden and then there's Mike Mayock. They're they're two big personalities. Mm -hmm. And then you have Donald Penn, the offensive lineman in that locker room that was willing to fight a fan at the end of a Raiders game. And here you are looking like you're not ready to move on from Pittsburgh where you just, you're now the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL again for the third friggin' time.
0: Dude, it's. And I was thinking about this, and I don't want to say this because I, I was like, uh, "This is something really extreme if I say it." But I thought about it quite a bit. I thought about his um, live stream in the in the locker room. Right, where he that put was on the first red flag on blast, right? Um, on top of that, like all the bullshit that came this year before he got, you know, he got traded. He didn't show up to, uh, you know, week seventeen. He left his team hanging when you're still in the playoff hunt. Right, like, come on, dude. Um, on top of that, you know, just putting Juju on blast and all, just all the stuff that comes with him. I can honestly say. He is just as bad as To.
1: I can say he's worse than To. Oh, really? Oh, Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because, all right, you have To. Like he he's doing his fucking like faux workout in his driveway. Which, by the way, Terrell Owens' agent is also Antonio Brown's agent, Drew Rosenhaus.
0: Well, then Drew Rosenhaus is everybody's agent, right? right?
1: But at the end of the day, like it's it's kind of you know convenient that like he's also he also represented To, but just like at least. Fucking T.O. played the Super Bowl on a broken leg. Yeah. Like, can you – I can't see A.B. doing that. I can't. Absolutely not. Like, no. At the end of the day, like, what Skip Bayless liked to call T.O. is team obliterator. Like – at the end of the day, when the game mattered and his team needed Terrell, Terrell showed up. Sure. Whether or not it was the Super Bowl or in that when he was with the 49ers and he caught that game winning touchdown mm-hmm. to win, uh, I think it was a spot in the playoffs where he got obliterated in the end zone. Like T.O. was willing to put his body on the line for the team. Of course. I don't think A.B. that Dude. Really? I just, I don't think so. If you're willing to put your entire team and your, your, your former team rather, with Juju, who's hands down the most nicest and coolest guy in the NFL. I'm a NFL. fan of Juju. I am. Like, I'm willing to buy a Juju Smith-Schuster jersey right now. hmm like mm-hmm. in the court of public opinion, you just put the Steelers over, you put Juju over, you put Mike Tomlin over, you put you put Big Ben over. Yeah. Like at this point, Big Ben just looks a little bit justified in what he did with Antonio Brown.
0: Antonio, move on, bro. Right. Like with the new just team. Move on. Like you're on a new team. You got what you want. You are supposedly happy at this point from what you wanted. You got. Um. You apparently have a good. You have some sort of relationship with Derek Carter. There's all kinds of Instagram videos out there with you guys hanging out. Um. As soon as you got there. Just Just move on bro like uh, maybe maybe he has buyer's remorse right now maybe he's like shit well maybe maybe I shouldn't have left maybe I shouldn't have left maybe I should have acted more like a normal person that's what I'm thinking and that has to be it because he's lashing out big time man he's 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 unhinged he's devoid of reality bro and
1: in a rebuilding locker room in Oakland slash Las Vegas that's Mm -hmm. a bad dude like I'm there's no doubt of Antonio Brown's talent there's no question but personality wise you do not want that guy in a rebuilding locker room
0: and Tony's one of those guys and I'm gonna bring this up during Aaron Rodgers as well Winning isn't everything. You, he wants to win, but if he's contributing and getting his 10 catches and getting his two touchdowns per game, whatever numbers he wants, right? He's one of those guys where, Hey, man, if I'm not getting my, my way or my, my looks, I'm going to be pissed off. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a good team guy. And on top of that, with Derek Carr not being Big Ben. How is that going to affect Antonio Brown and his mood and his mentality halfway through the season when he's not getting those looks? Let's call for what it is. The Steelers are going to be better than the Raiders this year, simply put. Oh, no doubt. When will Antonio Brown implode? I'm going to say like week eight, halfway through the season.
1: Week eight? Yeah. If he's not getting his looks, I'll go... I mean, the the schedule hasn't been released yet, right?
0: Not yet. I'm waiting. I'm
1: going to go... That's a that's a hard division too. Mm. I'm gonna go. I'll go week three. I will. That's give, quick. Like week two is wow. like one and two is the honeymoon period. But if he's not getting his looks by week three, or week four, man, you're gonna see you're gonna see him start yelling at people. And I want to see him go to toe to toe with John Gruden. Oh,
0: Chucky's not gonna have that. You know that, right? You know John to be like, "Get the fuck out of here, bro." Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, they gave Dude,
0: him. Dude, he traded away Khalil Mack. I'm sure he'll trade away Antonio Brown if he has to. Mm. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. So,
0: all I'm saying is, uh, precious on you, Antonio. You got what you wanted. Now you're talking all this shit. You better produce, homie. No doubt. You have got three And that's years. a
1: hard division. You and got.
0: Dude, listen, if you don't produce, Antonio, you're dumb. You're done, bro. Simply put, right. nobody's going to want you. You know what I'm saying?
1: Because, I mean, you got Kansas City, and granted, you're still trying to figure out the whole Tyreek Hill situation, but then you have. You know, the, the sage, I guess you could say himself and Philip Rivers and the Chargers and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, they're not going anywhere. Melvin Gordon's not going anywhere. And then Denver, they just got Flacco, and they're trying to figure out their whole Fulco. aerial attack. And now you have like a whole rebuilding team that's one foot out the door to Las Vegas in a rebuilding locker room. No, I don't want. Yeah, it.
0: those guys are coming. Coming last in that division, simply put. No, no. Um, Patrick Mahomes is going to light it up. Chiefs and are going to win that division.
1: If anyone's going to police that locker room, Donald Penn is going to police right, that locker right. room.
0: Chargers are going to win. Are going to be second, probably, maybe vying for a, uh, a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Denver probably eight and eight. I think they'll be it'll be Millipole. But it's fine. As
1: long as A B gets twelve catches, two hundred yards, and three touchdowns like he yeah. did in the Saints game, they'll be yeah. fine.
0: Yeah. The egos are so big in the NFL nowadays. I don't know um, if this is because of social media or how you have your sponsorships or your brand, whatever it is that gets you to a point where your ego gets so massive that winning isn't enough um, is an issue, simply put, right? Uh they always say New England.
1: I was just going to say, right? as a fan, as a fan of football, the only exception to that rule mm-hmm. is the New England, New England Patriots. Because Bill Belichick shuts that shit. You, you put, are not bigger than the team.
0: You put your ego at the... You leave it. You at the front door. Yeah. Or we're going to trade you away. Simply put, right. And it's something that the rest of the league hasn't been able to replicate. Um, uh, We've thought that Pittsburgh was one of those teams that had the sound fi- that had the sound of leadership to keep everybody in check, but apparently they don't. Uh, it's fucking rough shot. Well, it mind. is the
1: most f- uh, player friendly locker room you are ever going to see in sports. I mean, it, it's insane. Like they let you be yourself, which is fine. But at the end of the day, like when you start branding yourself bigger than the team. Yo, I mean, look what happened to that running back that was on Sports Illustrated with the New England Patriots, and he started speaking up.
0: Gone. Is that like oh, Rashad, Rashad Gray was that his name? I forgot his name. No, Joe uh,
1: Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray. Wherever Jonas it was. Gray. He, had he, like w- he went to Indianapolis. In.
0: It went to Indianapolis. Got four, three, four touchdowns. Right, two hundred
1: plus yards. Dude, amazing game. I was like, all right, we got our, we got our next Blunt. You know what I'm saying? Then he started speaking. Oh, and gone. Belichick Goodbye. shut that down. Goodbye. You know what I'm
0: yep. saying? Uh, the only person I can get away with that in the locker room is obviously Tom Brady, and deservedly but so. He doesn't even
1: speak that much. He
0: doesn't. But behind the scenes stuff that he's done, that you know, you know, for to facilitate the trade of Garoppolo, which I totally agree with. You can. Do whatever you want with Tom Brady but he he has that right you know what I'm saying so um but yeah man that's uh it's a tricky situation in Pittsburgh man and and every single day I wake up and I'm like what's going to be new on the real housewives of Pittsburgh that's what I call them
1: right i mean right? it's it's literally you know as the steelers turn <laughs> Uh, you just don't know what you're getting, right?
0: And then there was that story about there was a running back that said that Big Ben fumbled on purpose, halfback, uh, right? Right, Fullback, yeah. whatever it was. And then uh, a couple nights ago, Rashard Minahal came out and said Big Ben's a racist. Did you hear that as well? Right.
1: So I saw that screenshot you sent me, mm-hmm. and then later on that evening, I went to Rashard's Twitter post, and you know, it, it's it's just like okay, ESPN. Like, I know he just tweeted this out saying, okay, like, Big Ben's a racist and AB's black. Like, he has to catch a ball from a racist quarterback and whatever. But then later on, the last post that evening, Rashad Mendenhall kind of walked it back and made it sound like it was a snarky post. So it's like, yo, ESPN, it's 2019. Like, if you're going to put up there that somebody is or is not a racist, you better do your due mm-hmm. diligence, man. Like, I mean, it say, save where like, bigger than what we are right now, and I go out on Twitter and say, yeah, friggin' Poncho, he's the biggest racist I've ever seen, you're not going to be able to get that mark off you. Of course not. Ever. Of course. Like, th- no matter what you do, you're never going to be able to get that off of you. Like, the R word is such a strong thing to throw around and such a, like, an, I guess you could say an easy cop-out to any argument. Of course. Like, oh, you can chalk this up to so-and-so being a racist. And you can never walk that back. And no matter what you do... If you're on the receiving end of that, you're never going to get rid of that. Of course not. For the rest of your life, you're going to be known as oh, Ben Roethlisberger, the racist quarterback. Like, are are you fucking kidding? You better if you're coming to the table with racism, you better have you better have concrete shit that cannot be refutable.
0: Of course, that that word, um, you don't throw that around lightly. No, you better have you better have some sort of backing, bro. You better have like two, three sources you can go to. Right. Yo, were you am I right about this or not? Like, did
1: Marquise Pouncey come out and say he was a racist? Oh, he didn't? Okay, then. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. who else? Yeah. And if there's other people that come out there, like, say, Larry Foote or, uh, the, Troy I, forget the, I forget the lineman that broke, uh, Carson Palmer's leg, uh, in that, in that playoff game against the Bengals. Like, if one of those two guys come out and say, oh, yeah, Big Ben was a racist, okay, then yeah. it holds water. Yeah. But if you're just like a, a no name running back that I couldn't remember you from, yep. no. Yeah. Uh, dude, at the
0: end of the day, AB has to perform. On top of that, Big Ben has to perform as well a little bit. I mean, uh, I know... Um we're not giving him a pass here because he has done some, Mm-mm. some things that are obviously not being a good teammate as well, but pressures on him as well. And I think he will have a good season. I think if you're a fantasy football player, uh, fantasy football player, just, uh, pick him up. He's going to be something that's going to be, he's going to be a good quarterback no this year. Um, and then finally, Juju, man, he looks like a fucking, he looks like a hero. He, he like, just
1: got put over in the court of public opinion.
0: Of course, right? He's going to have a good year as well. So, um, I, I can't stress enough that I think Antonio Brown is a piece of shit now. Yeah, <laughs> that's my. At the end of the day, I think he's a piece of shit. You know. So.
1: Yeah, and then there's Green Bay, oh Jay. Oh, Jesus. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. Just when you thought like one story could never die, you get this Bleacher Report article, thirty pages made, long. By the way, you, what's up? Thirty pages long. By the way, it, it, it was a great report, Th- thorough. The guide. And like it wasn't just like Jermichael Michael Finley and you know Greg Jennings, mm-hmm. it was those two plus like forty eight other sources that yeah. he used. Yeah. Two but months, like two,
0: two months to write that report.
1: Yep, Bleacher Report came out with a fire and brimstone report on you know Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. Well, d- before you finish that, Bleacher Report had a
0: great couple of weeks. They broke that massive story on the Ro- on the Rogers McCarthy McCarthy scandal, and then they also uh, broke the news on uh, LeBron and James and the Lakers. All the turmoil going on inside that locker room. They mm-hmm. had a bunch of reporting yep. on that as well. So, yeah,
1: great reporting from Bleacher Report. But man, like. Tyler, Tyler Dunn, he shook the beehive oh gosh, on this one, like 50-plus people. And, you know, whether or not people were saying that Mike McCarthy was a, a buffoon, he skipped out on offensive meetings for massages, he was a fake tough guy, he was too proud to admit his offense was archaic once, say, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Donald Driver left. Um it, He... Then you have like the Roger side of never addressing issues directly. He'd rather do mid game tantrums than actually having, uh, constructive conversations. He was self entitled. Uh, he wasn't from one former Packer scout as smart as he thought he was. Yeah. yeah. D- Roger I mean,
0: strikes me one of those guys where he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And right. I hate those people.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's just like,
0: damn. So, all right. Let's break this down. The main gist of the question I want to get to is, whose side are you on, right? Right. And I thought about this quite a bit. And I I wanted to rail on Aaron Rodgers as much as possible. I wanted to be like, yo, dude, I hate you so much. I'm going to rail on you because of this. But I think it's McCarthy's fault here, bro. Listen, I get it. Aaron Rodgers is a prima donna, simply put. He is who he is. He's not somebody that's going to be a good teammate. He's not going to be a Tom Brady. He's going to, just like just like uh, Antonio Brown, he wants to win, but he wants to win when he's throwing four touchdowns and he gets credit, right? But McCarthy, dude, like, and I've seen this. The reason why I'm leaning towards McCarthy is because I've seen this in games. I've seen the still offense where it didn't ever evolve, you know? The offense of, hey, we won one Super Bowl with this. We're not going to evolve because this is what I think is going to win again for the second Super Bowl. On top of that, he's not tough on players. You just saw what Antonio Brown did when you gave him a little bit of leeway, you know? Right. On top of that, the low IQ part, that's something that I agree with. Because if you're not smart enough to evolve in the NFL... Then you really do, you really aren't, you really don't know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? The reason why the Patriots evolve week from week to week is because every single, di- every single game is different, right? Right. And all those things bothered Rodgers. And I, and I know that. Um, he shouldn't get a pass here and, and he, and you know, um, it's something that he had to come to terms with and still be a good teammate and still take McCarthy's message and send it to the rest of the team. But he wasn't buying in either. And when uh, the whole dysfunction comes from him not buying in and kind of undermining McCarthy's uh, orders, if that makes sense.
1: Right. But like you, you almost have to reframe this as, you know, who do you believe? Do you believe Aaron Rodgers' response or do you believe? You know, Evan, uh, not Evan, Tyler Dunn's reporting on Bleach Report. Because it, it, Aaron Rodgers came out and was like, none of this happened. Like, he only attacked, like, two parts of the story. Like, the GM part and then, um, uh, like, the Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley bit. But, you know, when you come out and you say, like, you know, you need to honor Mike McCarthy the way he deserves it. If you see Mike McCarthy on the street, you need to shake his hand. And it's like, okay. You could have said this five, six months ago when Mike McCarthy was in the crosshairs to keep his job. Mm -hmm. So like, don't, like, don't come out here and say like everything that bleacher report uh, that they're saying against Mike is disrespectful and untrue when you're like the main reason why Mike McCarthy's out of a job right now. Exactly, right? And listen, Aaron
0: Rodgers never got over the fact that Mike McCarthy took Alex Smith
1: over Aaron Rodgers. Well, to that point, Mike McCarthy was an offensive coordinator. Sure. So typically, unless San Francisco was bucking the trend and had an offensive coordinator sure, make sure, that draft sure, sure. pick, it's the general manager, the owner, but, and, the, and but, the head coach. But
0: Aaron Rodgers believed it was Mike McCarthy, and that's big. When you have when you're delusional and you believe that somebody did you wrong. Then that no matter all the other facts don't matter. It doesn't matter that the general manager stepped in or the owner stepped in with that pick or whoever it was that picked Alex Smith. It doesn't matter because Aaron Rodgers sees it as you, Mike McCarthy, didn't pick me. You know what I'm saying? Right. And when you're at that, when you're when you're at that point, then the relationship is not gonna work down the road, right? When you have that just, just that uh mistrust from the beginning, it's not gonna work. That's what just dis- right. I think I- that might be the root cause of all the dysfunction.
1: Right, but at the same time, like that's assuming I'm buying. Tyler's story that you know he was pissed that Mike McCarthy made made the pick himself because that's what it kind of painted as and that's kind of what Aaron Rodgers addressed and it's just like he's an offensive coordinator mm -hmm. like that's like saying okay like oh geez like how can I frame this like offensive coordinator coordinator wise like uh Marcus Mariota was mad that like Matt LaFleur was on a different staff and picked, like, Jameis Winston ahead of him. And then he came to Tennessee to be his offensive coordinator. That makes no damn sense.
0: I know it doesn't, but what I'm trying to get at is... Aaron Rodgers, from what we understand, doesn't have the best mindset as well. Everything that you see and hear that he's not the best of teammates. He's insecure, this and that. Right. I can see this being accurate. I can see this I can buy being that true, too, you know?
1: because like the whole world could see like him being pissed off at McCarthy, like them almost having a fist fight in Cincinnati. Yep. And then all this, like, uh, I think that last season, the New England Patriots game with, you know, one wide receiver looked like he was off the page. With with Aaron Rodgers, that that same guy came out in the Bleacher Report article being like, Okay, Mike McCarthy said one thing, but Aaron Rodgers told me to do a different route. Like, what do I do? Yeah. I want to get a football. Yeah.
0: And that right there is big. When you undermine the coach, when you don't have one unison voice coming down, right. Then then you're fucked. It's not gonna work regardless. Right. It's leadership one on one. You know what I'm
1: saying? Right. And like, you know, there's a point where Peyton Manning, when he was with indianapolis like he called his own place like there was an offensive coordinator that's okay but like you know, at the end of the day, he went up to the line and he called his own plays, mm-hmm. which, okay, fine, whatever. Tom Brady, I'm assuming, at this he point in his career, well. yes. he does the same thing. Like, maybe uh, Belichick will call in a play or two, mm-hmm. and then Brady can frame whatever he From wants where, where in I the understand, huddle.
0: Belichick doesn't really have much of an input. Um, it, it's really McDaniels it's, and It's McDaniels and Brady. and Brady sit down during the week, and they put the game plan together, what they want to attack, strengths and weaknesses. And then whatever Brady sees on the field, he runs with at that point. Right. You know what I'm
1: saying? And, uh, and you know, in Green Bay… It seemed like the offense was built to a built around Aaron Rodgers improving a lot, and you know one or two plays might be called in, and Aaron Rodgers would decide what he liked. But at some point, you have to figure that if you're not doing what Mike McCarthy is calling in mm-hmm. as suggestions, that's got to be a problem. Yep. At some point, that's massive. That's massive, dude. Like. You know, at one, at some point, Mike McCarthy has to be calling in the right play. Like, he's the second most winning head coach in NFC history, mm-hmm. second most winning head coach in Green Bay Packer history be, be, behind Curly Lambeau. Like, he's gotta be calling in the right shit. I'm yes. just saying, like, I'm, I'm kinda, I'm leaning a little bit more towards the Bleacher Report article of Aaron Rodgers being that guy. Cool. Sure. And
0: I, and I the only reason why I... Listen, I would love to real on Rodgers. You know me. I'm not a big fan of Rodgers. I kind of hate him in a way. His cockiness, his attitude. He's won one Super Bowl. He thinks he's God's gift to fucking quarterback and whatever. But I cannot physically see with my own eyes inside the locker room because I'm not in the locker room, right? right? I, so, But what I can't see is the stale fucking offensive play calling. The two quarterbacks that have the biggest disservice in the NFL uh, last couple of years was Aaron Rodgers uh, with the lack of creativity on offense and Cam Newton. Cam Newton, if he had a, a Shanahan or somebody like a Josh McDaniels would be running some amazing. Maybe this is just me talking because I hang out with Boots quite a bit and he you right? But, but he, but I do, I do see those still offenses. Even the Patriots offense is a lot more complex and uh, progressive than, than Aaron Rodgers' offense. So, um, I, I wish I could rail on Aaron Rodgers, but I do believe that there is some facts here that Mike McCarthy was stuck in his ways, did not evolve. And when that happens, everything else doesn't matter because you're not winning and winning is
1: king. Right. And I'll end my point on this is besides the over-the-topness of his radio interview of if you see Mike McCarthy on the street, shake his hand yeah. and give him the respect. Well, put, push in, all that shit in, aside. In, you know? in the Monday or Tuesday interview at his locker when the Green Bay Packers reported to the, the training facilities for OTAs, a reporter came out and straight up asked him, are you willing to take some blame in the relationship that, you know, between you and Mike McCarthy, essentially? Mm-hmm. Like, are you know, are you willing to take some blame in it, that relationship souring? And he completely brushed it off. And I listened to that radio interview one more time before recording. And uh one of the guys, I, I can't remember if it was Wildy or Tausch, asked him essentially the same question. And he completely sidestepped yep. that issue. Yeah. So, If you're this stand-up guy that's, you know, you don't want your leadership questioned. If someone's asking you a blunt question of whether or not you are willing to take blame in this not working, it's a simple yes or no. Sure. But like your silence is just a, like a sub, subconscious way of saying, no, I'm not taking, I'm not taking ownership. It's Mm -hmm. all Mike McCarthy's fault. Yeah. No.
0: Well, regardless, um, the three players in the NFL next year that have the biggest spotlight on them is Antonio Brown, Big Ben, and Aaron Rodgers. No doubt. Uh, and um, if you're a fantasy football player, if you're a fantasy football player like we are, um, pick up Aaron Rodgers and pick up Big Ben. No Those shit. two are going to tear it up. You know? No doubt.
1: So No doubt. Yeah, man. So, on a Twitter poll, mm-hmm. I put up. What's up? Of uh, what would be a more entertaining cage match? A.B. and Juju or Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers?
0: Now the cage match, is it just strictly cage match or is it like ladders and chairs? No, it been like, you know, I think
1: I framed it as like Hell in a Cell. So there's where it's at. Hell Hell in in a Cell. Yep, yep. So Twitter said AB Of course, yeah. Dude, I'm going... Dude, he's an old man. No, but here here we go. Here we
0: go. Mike
1: McCarthy strikes me as a Bubba Ray Dudley kind of guy, and Aaron Rodgers might be like the edge type character. Mm -hmm. So like Bubba Ray Dudley, you know, with the Dudley boys, we're talking about like hardcore people, man, all the way back to the ECW days, but I kind of want to see... Aaron Rodgers and, and Mike McCarthy. I want to see, you know, Edge versus uh, Bubba Ray in a, K, in a Hell in a Cell.
0: The only way I can see Mike McCarthy winning is uh if he has, like, Rikishi in his corner. Rikishi tag teams and puts a little stink face on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I
1: will say one of my favorite <laughs> matches in the Hell in a Cell was Undertaker Triple H with Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee a couple of years ago. And I mean that was dope. I mean yeah. Triple H, right before he got pinned, did like the suck it thing. <laughs> like he was barely standing up, and it was yeah. like, oh, like the coup de grace. Yeah. Like this is gonna be the hill he's gonna die on. Suck it, Undertaker gets drives. Oh my god, that yeah. was a great match.
0: Dude, what was your who's your favorite uh, wrestler growing up?
1: My favorite wrestler. I was a WCW kid. Oh here we so go. Always I a was a I was a Sting Jesus Wolfpack, Christ. uh, Sting guy. That was that was my you dude. in the
0: ECW for a little bit.
1: No, no, he was a WCW guy all the way up to the buyout
0: Oh but do you remember the W uh the ECW for Oh yeah with well? Paul Heyman yeah, and Mick Foley, right?
1: Sandman and Tommy Dreamer yeah. and uh Sabu. Man Dude, I, I was a rock fan all all the way through. Yeah, this right? fucking guy. <laughs>
0: You look at me. You are going mainstream,
1: right? It's fine. Nobody's perfect.
0: Uh, and then uh, I loved uh, Kurt Angle for some reason. I don't know why. I absolutely loved Kurt Angle.
1: <laughs> Best Kurt Angle match was when he put Shane McMahon through the plate glass in yeah. King of the Ring like three yeah. times. And then he was asking the referee to help him, but the referee's like, "Hell no! You put you bring him to the, the yeah. ring yourself."
0: And I remember there was a little storyline when um, Kurt Angle. Uh, he was trying to date Stephanie McMahon uh, because, like, uh, I guess Triple H and, Ste- and Stephanie McMahon were, like, dating. In, well, like, they're actually well, married. Well, they're, they're actually married in real right. life. But, like, in the, the context of the storyline, they were, like, together. And Kurt Angle was trying to, like, get in there. It was hilarious, dude. Right.
1: Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Man, that was that was back in the day when you could show blood and yeah. all that other nonsense. And
0: then McMahon M- comes out,
1: look at it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Look at him! <laughs> Jesus. Uh, speaking of Minsook,
0: man, he is starting up the XFL. Yep. And his pathway to, um, the XFL being successful is easy now because the crap subpar AAF is fucking gone. Hallelujah, people. The AAF is done. <laughs> We haven't talked about it in a couple weeks because the Primo was away, and God, I was was so ready. I was so fired up when I saw that news come through.
1: I was like, that's what you get! Can't even make it through a fucking season. Well, if you look at the football product, the product worked because 40 players, 40-plus players, I believe, are currently on NFL rosters, five or six of which are on my Miami Dolphins with... Ken Farrow, he led the uh, led one week in rushing with almost 200 rushing yards and the uh, the AF sacks leader. He was on the uh the, the San Antonio Commanders roster as well too. So like with 40 plus signings, you have to say as a developmental league, mm-hmm. the product worked. Sure. The football obviously worked. Sure. The football was good enough for, you know, fans to tune in. So like the ratings were going toe to toe with, you know, almost mainstream media things on primetime television i don't buy that i
0: don't you've said that three four times now but if it was that successful why is it not around and we'll get to that the whole business plan part of it but i'm tired of you keeping i'm tired of you just forget saying saying that the you don't look at the whole picture the whole picture i do get
1: the whole picture jay but you can't say that 40 plus people on an nfl roster does not prove that the product worked the product, the AF product in total was crap. Right. And we can all agree. No, but we and can it, agree. And it, didn't get, it didn't take.
0: The, the, uh, consumers didn't buy into it, simply put. You know? We
1: can agree that the business plan didn't work, but mm-hmm. clearly the ratings proved that, where they were going toe-to-toe with mainstream uh, media on Saturday and Sunday nights. And... You, you were selling out the Alamo Dome. You were increasing, uh, people attending games in Birmingham and even crap places like Arizona was showing an increase in fan attendance. Mm-hmm. So you can't sit there and say that that league was trash when obviously the fans were showing up. The fans were tuning into the games and you have 40 plus people on NFL rosters. We can all agree that the business plan was shit, but you can't discredit the league for not working.
0: I think if more people tuned in, it would be here still. Simply put, if Dundon saw that, um, you can actually make money with this, it would still be here. Simply put, people don't, people don't send cash cows away, right? And you said, you said in the last podcast that the AF is a cash cow and Roger Goodell and the NFL should jump on it. Yeah. But it's not simply put. Especially with the now. gambling
1: app you know I'm aspect. But if Dundon was a smart businessman or investor, he would have realized that the Johnny Manziel game was going to be right before oh, yeah. final oh, yeah. four. He sh- he so st- if you wanted to get funding, you were going to get advertisements for people to tune in <laughs> to, to watch this game on CBS.
0: So the reason why he pulled the plug was because he was hemorrhaging $10 million a week. Mm-hmm. He lost $70 million already. And to finish out the season, he would lose 20 more million in two more weeks of uh, football play, right? The the league is a cash bleed. It was simply just bleeding cash left and right. It, it was not successful one bit. The TV ratings, the TV deals, there was no deals. There was no right fees. Like CBS wasn't paying the AF any sort of um, ad revenue or anything. They were taking most of those ad revenues for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the AF was paying CBS to get the uh, get the games on national TV. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. But we also discussed that. Out of all the leagues that you want that are, if you're ever going to start up a league. A football league is going to be the hardest. You have 52-man rosters. You have the front office people. You have the trainers. My
0: biggest point is a secondary NFL league will not simply work in America. You know what I'm saying? We've seen it many times over now. The reason why college football succeeds is
1: because they don't pay their players. To that point, though, I mean, clearly it worked because there's 40-plus people. It on, did not the work. It's
0: folded, dude. It's
1: done. There, there's no 2nd football league. They're not folded. They're suspended. Oh, come on. they one oh, investor. Quite- but no, like, you, if you're sitting there, as business-savvy as you are, you have to understand, like, Charlie Ebersol came out and said, we're not going to turn a profit— in three years mm-hmm. so like you're going to be bleeding money you have to pay arena rentals you have to pay the concession people you have to pay the beat writers it's not just like players that lost jobs and front office people I've been talking to Cole Thompson on Twitter he's out of a job and he was the beat reporter for the San Antonio Commanders mm-hmm. so there are so many people that are out of jobs right now or people that uproot their families to live in hotel rooms right now that are paid through April with this possibility of having three years of a contract with this league and one of two things is going to happen. Either the NFL was going to invest in this league. They were not going to. Or they were just going to outright buy it. Because if you look at that gambling app, there was money to be made, especially with legalizing gambling in New Jersey and all around the country right now. That gambling app would have been the cash cow we'll for get to the, the NFL. The, we'll get
0: to the gambling app in a second. But I thought about this for quite a bit. And I said, why did I not buy in? Like, Jay Chima, you love football. Why did you not get into the AF? And it took me until it folded to know, to realize that I hated Charlie Ebersol. Everything about him, I didn't like. I, his interview that I saw, his cockiness, his bravado, his whatever aura he gave off, I didn't like one bit. The reason why I'm so excited about the XFL is because I fucking love Vince McMahon. Yeah, but he's as cocky as everyone. I, exactly. But Vince McMahon, we What's grew different? Up, we grew up with WWE. Like, it's in, it's in us. And I can't explain to you why I like Vince McMahon over Charlie Ebersol. But looking at Charlie Ebersol, and on top of that, Charlie Ebersol gave off the aura that he's the smartest guy in the room. When on top, when he really wasn't, simply put, right? Reports came out that he had cash for a couple of weeks for the first two weeks of the AF well, season.
1: Well, I'll address that issue in a minute, but finish your point. And his
0: whole business plan was, he was going to get two weeks on TV and hopefully attract more investors, right? Hopefully attract more people to come to the AF, see how great this product is, and then go from there. Now, apparently Tom Dunn stepped in after week one or 10 days or whatever it was and uh-huh. said, here's your $20, $50 million. And at that point, he just stopped trying to recruit more investors. He said, all right, well, here it is. This is never going to fail. Here's my $250 million. Let me just stop looking for more investors. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest issue was he gave Dundon full control. Like, listen, I get it. You put that much money into your league. Um, you have to give him some sort of uh, happy feeling in his stomach that this is my product. But he gave him full control of the league. Like, how stupid is that?
1: Right. To counter that, though, Monday Morning Quarterback podcast, Albert Breer and uh, Connor Orr, they, they did a, a little quick special last night. And I listened to it this afternoon that the AAF. Had a gentleman. uh, They didn't name who it was. I forget um, his name, yeah.
0: He pulled out right before the right, league but started. He, yeah. But
1: here's the thing: they had they were gonna get a hundred million dollar investment from this guy. Most of it was gonna be brought up upfront front at league start. But the the issue was the rest of that money was in offshore accounts. Now. If you're going to get a gigantic wire transfer in that amount of cash, it has to clear Homeland Security. Sure. It has to clear other banking institutions. That's going to take weeks. So when week one or week two, when they had that payroll issue, which one, maybe that was legit with the company. That was legit.
0: No, now it is legit. You got to admit that much, Brandon, that but
1: that was, there was, that was real. Right. The, the payroll company. Yeah. Okay. I can legit, I can say that was legit, but then you also have to realize that if you have to go through all these hoops mm-hmm. to get money from offshore accounts with Department of Homeland Security and other banking institutions and all that other nonsense it's going to take time and then here you have Tom Dundon who's based in the US his money for the most part was based here he's been established as an NHL guy there's no question okay we're going to take your cash
0: of course no no I get that listen you can't turn away money I get that but one why do you not go out there and get a, have a plan B and try to recruit some more investors just in case this goes sour which it did right and B do you give him full control Right? Like, when you invest in Google, when the big, let's say Mark Zuckerberg didn't have the money he has and somebody came in and gave him a bunch of money, he's still an investor. He doesn't get full control of Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Like, this right here was stupid business. Simply put, he was dumb with what he did. Let's go to to the the gambling
1: app. Because I think he just came in to try to get the gambling app.
0: Yeah, he tried. Simply put, looking at what it is, Tom Dundon, He's a piece of shit.
1: But he's, a, he's assuming, a shark.
0: Through and through, he's a shark.
1: But here's the thing. Like, one of two things has happened. Either Charlie Ebersol and Bill Polian did not open their books to this guy that was going to invest in $250 million. Mm-hmm. Or Dundon saw the books, saw the technology app, and mm-hmm. said, eh, I'll take my chances. So one of two things happened.
0: So a lot was made that he got in. Dundon got into the AF because he wanted the gambling app. Turns out... MGM holds the licenses to that gambling app. Mm-hmm. So, Dundon invested $70 million and walked away with nothing.
1: You got to look under the hood.
0: Sure, but what that? Where did that get you? Is that worth $70 million?
1: I mean, how else was he going to get it? He wasn't going to get it if he didn't invest in the league. If that's the ultimate motive of being the corporate raider that he may or may not be, mm-hmm. is investing in this league. Here's, so.
0: here, here's what I think happened. I think Charlie Ebersole was... Stupid. I think Dundon was stupid. It's just one big stupid league, simply put. Like, there's just a lot of stupid going around here and it crashed and burned. And you know what's funny? I was actually gonna buy in. I was, I was, you know what? I was like, Brandon's been harping about this. Let me try to watch a game. I did before I folded up that, that weekend. We we're texting about it. And, uh, sh- listen, I still believe it's crap football. I saw a quarterback throw, a, a, a fucking, a wide open receiver, he threw a football and he missed him by like five yards. You know what I'm saying? That's my opinion. It is what it is. But I was ready to like, all right, you know what? Maybe this thing will stick around. It's been eight weeks from what Brandon tells me. It's going great. Right. But this thing crashed and burned. And again through, didn't get through one season. One season again, it couldn't get through.
1: Right. But you're also assuming that Dundee really believed that the 52nd man on an NFL roster was going to save this league. Well, he like, thought that for He was reason. just trying to speed... It was one of two things. It, either he was just trying to warp speed the NFL agreeing to... And the NFLPA agreeing to loaning we practice squad this, people. We talked
0: about this last week. They were never going to agree.
1: Well, they the issue besides that is you also have to amend the collective bargaining agreement exactly. before the CPAs. Exactly, is right? Yeah. But... Right before they folded, not only were uh, AAF players caught off guard, mm-hmm. NFLPA officials were caught off guard because they said sure. them and Bill Polian had productive conversation. But when you lose
0: $10 million a week can you afford to let it go on? Well,
1: you have to understand whether... Like, if you're in the business of making money now, Mm -hmm. the starting or investing in the league is the worst opportunity you're ever going to have.
0: Of course. And that's why Vince McMahon is the winner of all this. Well, now the pressure is on. He's got to produce. Yep. he's He sold off $280 million worth of WDE stocks to put fully into the XFL. He got a look into what was successful, what wasn't successful. And now the question is, First of all, I don't think. Listen, I'm not bashing on the AF just because I like to bash on it. I also think the XFL will not succeed. The question is, how long will it make it through? Will it be one year? Or will it be two years? I think max will be a year and a half, two years, because he will stick it out for one year. Because he can't, Vince McMahon can't go back to folding on uh, after one year again. He's gonna have to see it through for at least two. Right. Years. Well, he
1: would have wrote it out for two but plus years, but NBC. He's pulled 71.
0: The plug. How much patience does, patience does he have? When you lose ten million dollars a year, a week, like how much patient do you really have? So going in, he'll have to he'll have to right. sit down and be like, listen, I'm gonna lose this much money. It is what it is.
1: But you're also like you have to look at you know if you compare compare the AF to XFL structure wise, the XFL have the WWE. They have Vince McMahon. Like yeah, Charlie Ebersol and Bill Polian and a bunch of NFL Pro Bowlers and a Hall of Famers were behind this league. But they didn't have structure until Tom Dundon came in. Sure. Grant, like Dunden, we can all agree that at at recording well, right why now, didn't Charlie he's Everson a collaborator.
0: Why didn't Charlie Everson and Bill Polian have structure before Dundon got in?
1: Well, they had a bunch of investors. But like I said, that one major guy, it, it was either they wait six weeks to get funding and they were going to be out of a job. Mm-hmm. Or you take the $250 million that you're going to get. Like you're business savvy, Jake. What are you going to do? Are you going to wait six weeks? Or are you going to take the $250 million that I you get right 250 now? I take two fifty
0: right now and I start working on Plan B. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And he never worked on Plan B. He didn't, you know?
1: Well, when you're told that, oh, you have enough, you know, funding to last for three seasons, are you going to start looking? Yeah. Of course. Plan B.
0: <laughs> yeah, Plan B made Plan C. You know what I'm
1: saying? Why not? But when you have Dundon saying, oh, you got funding for the next three seasons. Why believe him?
0: He's, he's a shark. He's a con man. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. Who knows? Uh, and it's, maybe I'm more sub, uh, maybe I'm more like, you know, I don't believe people at first sight. I kind of have to feel mal, but regardless, I, I, I was thinking about the XFL and I was thinking year two, uh, how he's losing a bunch of money. Vince McMahon, right? And could you imagine his, could you imagine his accountant coming and telling Vince McMahon, this is how much money you've lost? Could you imagine? Why don't you be the accountant? I'll be Vince McMahon. Or, or just be like, Mr. <laughs> Mr. McMahon, you're losing this much money. <laughs> We can role play real quick, and Mr. Grant would just come out and be like, "What?
1: Hey, Vince, you just lost $20 dollars the last two weeks. You're fired." Wow, wow.
0: Could you imagine that poor accountant?
1: Jesus Christ!
0: Uh, oh man. Yeah. So, so yeah, man. Um, I'm glad it's gone. I know you're not happy, and I feel sorry. Th- I mean, it's not I feel even bad just for that; I it's do just feel like
1: bad for you. the you know the the fact that it just it just looks like on the surface. Granted, there's going to be more coming out in litigation. A couple of players filed a class action lawsuit against the AAF, but clearly the football product work. You have forty plus players signed to NFL contracts right now. Um, fans were tuning in. There seems to be a market for supplementary football. I, I mean, even if you look, yeah, but you can scoff, but like, look at the XFL requirements. One, Johnny Manziel is never going to play in that league just based on eligibility requirements. And two, they're opening up the floodgates to let college players come play in their That's league, a smart get move. paid $200,000. That's a smart move. Uh, kind of. I mean, do you want to forego possibly being a first round draft pick out of ohio state or or alabama or do you, you know some some people are putting a bind where they have to provide for the families sure. we can all admit that college players are getting paid anyways mm-hmm. so do you want to get paid two hundred thousand dollars from the xfl and not know what your future is or do you want to ride it out with college and get a dorm room yeah like yeah. i
0: don't know regardless uh, i've made my i've made my feelings clear on it I, I don't think even the xfl is going to work out um it's just the NFL is king. It has the revenue streams on top of that. College football doesn't have to pay its players. Uh, and they get these amazing fucking TV deals where uh, I saw somewhere that each Big Ten school would get paid $54 million just in revenue from TV deals per year. That's that's insane. There's like 12 Big Ten. Yeah, big that's not from, from
1: the NFL though, right? That's uh, just That's from, just from ESPN, ESPN with the Big yeah, Ten. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so uh,
0: they... Uh, yeah, so regardless, we'll see what happens. Hopefully the XFL, you know, lasts a year, maybe two, but we'll see. Mm. It is what it is. How long do you think the XFL will last? Uh, will last?
1: I don't know, probably the season. Because then again, like Vince McMahon really just has to answer to himself. I mean, but then again, like the XFL, the pressure's on because not all the teams have a coaching staff. Not all the teams have a team name. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, as far as I know, at recording right now, there isn't a TV deal in the works. And they're probably not mm-hmm. going to stream on the WWE app yeah. because one, uh, one yeah. of my friends, Bobby, uh, Bobby Bowler, we were talking about this on Twitter. Um, they're probably going to want to distance WWE from the XFL. Mm-hmm. So they're probably not going to be on the WWE app. Yeah. Who knows?
0: Did you see that, uh, the WWE was actually at the NFL combine scouting potential wrestlers?
1: I'm going to be shocked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They were there. They were actually trying to pick up some talent. What I mean, Goldberg
1: used to be with the Atlanta Falcons. So yeah. yeah. who knows? Cool, man. Well, what else you want to get to? I don't know, man. I mean, there's Josh Rosen. Oh, God. The, the saga that is the
0: Josh Rosen thing. Well, uh, before we get to that, um, uh, next week's podcast is going to be our mock draft. Yep. Um, we're gonna go uh, pick by pick and do round one. Um, it's gonna be just one full hour of just talking about draft coverage so they'll be ready to lead into the actual draft itself.
1: yeah, it's gonna be a good time yeah because yeah. I think at recording right now we're what 13 12 13 days away from the yeah from the draft. It's close man it's gonna be a good time.
0: hopefully the schedule comes out this week as well That'd probably nice. yeah
1: yeah we got a lot of news to break might have to do two episodes <laughs> but Rosen. Yeah. Rosen. So Cliff Kingsbury came out on Tuesday. It was reported to have said that uh, Josh Rosen is more athletic than people realize and can run his air raid offense much better than I can. Mm-hmm. Better athlete than I am because Cliff Kingsbury used to be a quarterback. And then per Steve Weich of the uh, NFL Network, uh, Rosen was seen leaving the facilities later than the rest of the team. Uh clearly he's trying to show air quote show that he's trying to learn this offense. Like yeah. what the hell is going on I don't in the know. desert? Like I don't his, know. his 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 trade value is is dwindling because the Redskins are out of actively pursuing him. So like what what do you do?
0: I saw that story where he was the first person to come into the facility, last person to leave, and that's just simply him trying to uh, showcase for his next suitor, simply put. Mm-hmm. He's just showcasing for his uh, for his next team, man. Uh, I am convinced um, Arizona's going to go with Kyler Murray, especially with reports coming out this week that there are back-channel talks between Arizona and uh, Kyler Murray about a potential contract already where Arizona wants to make sure there's some sort of clause that says, you're going to play two, three years in the NFL. You can't just... After the first year to baseball, or whatever it is, right? Um, I'm fully convinced that Josh Rosen is done there. He's simply just playing the media, trying to play for his next suitor. Kyle Murray's gonna be the next quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals.
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think Arizona's taking Murray. Mm-hmm. I'm still, that that's that and the AAF. Those are gonna be the hills I'm willing to die on. <laughs> I just I don't, tell I don't, you what. Just,
0: once you buy in, you buy in hard. You you, you can't budge from your line of thinking well, no, once be,
1: you buy in. I mean, we could go back to the AF if you want to, but it just from product wise, like it worked, and like from what I'm seeing with this draft. Product class, wise, it did not
0: work. From I mean, 40 players, somehow got lucky to get on an NFL, NFL roster. That's true, but product wise, it did not work.
1: Well, that's double what you know, the player signings from the XFL, the first incarnation was. So clearly, but the
0: XFL wasn't developmental league. They were trying to take on the NFL.
1: Well, still, yeah. there's, what, 10, 15 guys assigned from the XFL? I forget, it's been so long, dude. <laughs> to 40-plus. Yeah. But, I mean, draft-wise, I just – this is a defense-heavy drafted. You know, there's – one of two things is going to happen. Either a team is going to take the best player available at their position, or they're going to talk themselves into loving a player that they really don't love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And if it's a smart thing – I would say take the best person available, which to me would be either Quentin Williams or Nick Bosa or hell, even Ed Oliver, you know, in the first couple of picks. Like, I don't really love the quarterbacks in this draft. I mean, granted, like, if I if I had a gun to my head and I had to pick Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, or Daniel Jones out of Duke, I'd probably just take Dwayne Mm -hmm. just because he's got the big arm. He can make the moves. Like...
0: And uh, I'm glad you bring up Dwayne Haskins because um, he's taken a free fall, apparently. From all the media reports coming out, he is now the fourth best quarterback um, available, which uh, makes no sense to me one bit. But, you know, whatever it is, what it is, I guess, a storyline sell. that's very – whatever. Regardless – what the fuck was I trying to get at? My God.
1: Uh, Media driving hype and Dwayne falling.
0: Yeah, so Dwayne – so – it's funny how perception, it's funny how this long, they move the, well, first of all, the NFL moved the draft back from March to April, right? Mm-hmm. It gives everybody more time to speculate into what's going on exactly. And I think that is the reason why you're seeing all of this. This is purely all the, the shooting up uh, the draft board, shooting down the draft board. This is all pure, this is all purely a NFL, um, made product. The NFL put that extra time in between March and April for the draft. To drop all this hype. Right. And that's benefited Kyle Murray, uh, as we can see, he's supposed to be the number one overall pick, but it's also hurting Dwayne Haskins where, you know, he's going to be the fourth best quarterback taken, which I don't believe one bit. Um, but it's simply just all this hype is what's driving all these players up or down. Like, uh, I, I, don't understand that how GMs will actually listen to what articles say. You know what right. I'm
1: saying? Right. I mean, the, there was one GM or one player, this is like eons ago that came out and was like just bashing Mel Kuiper and, It's just – I just don't – I don't understand because if we're looking at the same tape, Dwayne Haskins was more productive than Drew Locke. Mm -hmm. But, like, Drew Locke has the bigger personality, which to me, like – I don't want to draft the personality. I want to draft the person that's going to help my team. Like, so if I had to pick a quarterback, Dwayne is the guy for me. Mm -hmm. Granted, I would rather just get someone on defense in this draft Mm -hmm. and hedge my bets next year with the quarterbacks. But – I just, I don't know. And then, like, I could kind of see with his stock fall, air quote falling, and then he shows up to Denver with, like, a throwback Elway jersey. Like, to me, you're just trying too yeah. hard. Yeah. Like, just, just be yourself, Dwayne. If you're going to get drafted in the 10th, like, the top 10, more power to you. Yeah. If you fall to 13 and. Dude, if I've you fall no to 13? I've, oh I've made no bones about it on Twitter that if, you know, the Dolphins were on the clock at 13, if they were able to take an offensive tackle, Jonah Williams out of Alabama, I'd be happy. But mm. if Dwayne Haskins is on the board and they take Dwayne, I'm not going to be that upset either. Sure.
0: So Dude, you would be you would be quite happy with Dwayne Haskins. Simply put, I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. I'm not saying because I'm a homer. At one point, he was. Well, until, the tape shows
1: it. Yeah, because I looked at tape the of kid. Drew Locke, and there's no way you could tell me Dwayne's mm-hmm. better than him. And I've looked at a little bit of tape of Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. and you can't tell me Daniel's better
0: than him. Dude, the best arm in the in the draft right now is Dwayne Haskins. Dude can throw it a country mile. Simply I play. saw
1: it, I saw it this morning. I think it was in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, Dwayne, it was like third and twenty. Yeah, and he looked either a corner or safety off on the left-hand side, and then he threw a Bomb. dime yeah. in the right-hand-zone right right, corner right before the half. for a touchdown. Yeah, I remember that play. It's yeah. like, that's that's a big league play. Yeah. Like, you can't tell me those other three guys are going to make that play.
0: Plus, he has a big bend body, bro. He's like 6'4", 220. You can't take him down with one arm. Like, Colin yeah. Murray, you can get one arm, I and mean, he's on the fucking ground, you know? Yeah. so. Whatever, man. It is what it is. Uh, regardless, uh, anything else you want to get to? Is that it? I
1: mean, I, we we do have to plug the friends of the podcast, ah, the Owl Shop. Owl Shop, especially yeah. now that it's uh, getting nicer outside. They have a nice little patio area. We gotta go back to that. Yep, nice little patio area in front of the building, the Owl Shop. If you're in. In the market for a good cigar lounge, they have the best drinks in town, they have the best cigars in town. They have the staff to help you pick out your your cigars, whether or not you like something robust or a blondie like uh, like Jay over here. Love no no shame, no shade against that. That's that's a nice cigar. Uh owl shop, two sixty eight College Street in New Haven, Connecticut. You could do no wrong by seeing these guys.
0: Also, I still haven't gone to watch Forest comp yet.
1: Yeah, we're <laughs> getting getting you know you need new underwear for Game of Thrones, but you haven't seen frigging Forest Comp yet. Guess what? It was on TV like two days ago, but right, uh, we can't watch it.
0: I'm gonna watch a clip, and next week we'll discuss another clip.
1: Just watch the movie. I'm gonna drag it out. Just watch the movie. If you just watch clips, you're never gonna understand. That would be just me watching the shame clip of Game of Thrones and then understanding what the hell was going on. Like I'm not gonna understand that. Yeah. Yeah. No.
0: Hi, brother, man. Let's plug it up, man.
1: Well, the Pro Football Radio Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at pro uh, Pro Football Radio Podcast. Twitter is PFR Podcast. Instagram and Facebook Pro Football Radio Podcast. You can follow Jay Chiba at Jay Chiba on Twitter and myself Brando underscore Puma on the Twitter. Content-wise, is uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play under Pro Football Radio Podcast. And we have a little bit of a YouTube channel. Yeah, buddy. YouTube Pro Football Radio Podcast. That's all I got.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you to all our fans. We appreciate it. We're at 500 and uh, I believe uh, seven listens I'm sorry, for the last uh, podcast. So thank you so much. We appreciate all you guys. Yeah,
1: it's a good time. Bye, adios.